Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to I don't know why we're cheersing. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Welcome to our show. Uh about things we love and things we hate and the things we love to hate. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. This is a good old 10:30 p.m. recording. So we're off to a good start. Good luck, us good and luck. you. The real the real good luck here is when we get to next week's episode, which we're gonna be recording at approximately eleven thirty tonight. So. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> Big old yikes. <laughs> get excited. <sighs> we'll get there. Anyway. <laughs> The next couple episodes are going to be very exciting because we're going to be bringing you some things we love. Yeah. I feel like it's been a while since we've just, like, loved a thing. Yeah. I suppose it has. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, such a, like, pensive look. I was trying to think back to the last thing that was what we loved, and I couldn't remember if it was Eurovision or if there was something oh my after god that. that is a long time <laughs> it is we've done a lot of like we've done things we've talked about some stuff there's got to be something take a quick <laughs> scan of our episode list oh the crown we loved the crown we do love the crown kind of, in a different way yeah we love animal crossing in a different way <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. love we love complaining about Outlander and that was we spent that, a lot of time on. I enjoy that. Anyway, yeah. we love this thing that we're gonna talk about this week. And we this, do. This thing is a thing that Kelsey was so excited to do to me. She like waited to do this to me for so long. Mm-hmm. I had no real reason to like be excited to do this to you because I had no other knowledge of it. <laughs> I think it's like the principle of the thing that you were excited. <laughs> Yeah. To do to me. I My think curriculum, you... like, really served us well here. <laughs> it did. It's true. <laughs> I think you wanted to do, like, a Regency romance to me. I did. Like, I haven't watched Emma, but you were going to make me watch this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is correct. <laughs> Which... <laughs> it's, like, seven hours more of a commitment than watching Emma, but, you Yeah, know. but it's, like, still correct somehow. It is correct. I mean, am I wrong? No. No. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. That thing that we're talking about yes. is Bridgerton. It is Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Which I have to say is a difficult word for my specific regional dialect. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> so I'm sorry for you. <laughs> There's like too many consonants right before that T, so you can't skip the T. Mm. My instinct is to say Bridgerton, but that's not right. 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 So, anyway. 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 <laughs> so many detours, so little time. I know. Where do you want to start? Well, we already talked about the pilot last time. That's true. We've talked about this a little bit. That's happened to me, which I knew was going to happen, is that because I consumed this so quickly... It's kind of gone in one ear and out the other. So I think I need mm. you to sort of drive us here. 
<laughs> I was just in my feelings about Ted Lasso for like three hours before we got on this call. <laughs> well, okay, so this is interesting because so just as like an observation from when mm-hmm. you started watching it, because Kelsey started watching it like right when it dropped, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't get to it until last week? The week before? Time. Who knows? Must have been the end of the week before. I don't know. I think it was in a pre-coup timeline, so it must have been a couple weeks ago. Mm, Yeah. Um, So, when you watched it, you had this, like, immediate reaction Kelsey, like, in usual fashion, blew through it, and then, if memory serves, you went back and watched it again. I watched the pilot again. Okay. Were you going to try to watch the whole thing again, or and just, like, didn't get to it? No, I mean, I was picking my battles, and I had seen it more recently than Ted Lasso, so that's why I chose okay. to go back to Ted Lasso. But also, I don't, I didn't walk away from it with, like, the urge to rewatch it. It was like a fun good time that I had yeah. and I didn't I didn't have that compulsion that I've had with shows like Never Have I Ever or Dairy sure. Girls or something like that. And I don't know if it's just because like those are all half hour shows, so is Ted Lasso. Like they were a lot easier to consume a second time around. Yeah. This one's a little bit more of a commitment. Yes. But I also think like it's pretty shallow. <laughs> Right, right. There's not, like, a lot more you're going to get out of it besides, no. like, noticing new fun things, but... Right, right. So, my... That was, like, Kelsey's adventure, and mine mm-hmm. was, like, I was only half excited to pick it up. I figured it would be a fun, good time that I would watch once and be done with forever. Right. And in the exact moment of watching it, it sucked me in. It really did. It sucked me in in a way I didn't expect, and I think it's because I watched all of it in, like, a day and a half. Yeah. And so it was, like, one of those, like, immersive VR experiences where it was just, like, (laughs) I have blinders on and everything around me is Bridgerton, and that's all there is. Yes. (laughs) This is the world I inhabit. Um, But, I mean, I was, like, watching it while I was cooking dinner and watching it while I was cleaning the kitchen, and so... It was, it was like, a truly yeah. immersive experience. And it is, like, really deep escapism. Yes. Like, I don't know that we've watched anything since Outlander that has the same sort of, like, feeling of catapulting you into a space and being like, you live here now. Wow. That is a bold statement to make that I don't know that I agree with, but... (laughs) Well, I mean, what... Wow. I don't, like, I don't feel about it the way I feel about Outlander, but I also don't think we've watched anything else recently where I, like, inhabited the world for the time that I watched it. I... I just don't know that I had that experience. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't feel as like drawn in, but maybe because I've watched a lot more of this type of content, especially recently. Yeah, but this kind of content doesn't usually work on me, which I think is like another interesting no, thing. Well, 
I don't know what I was listening to. Probably ATV or PCHH, doesn't matter. <laughs> One of them was talking about how, like, because it is so cotton candy. Yeah. It, it There is no question of, like, you don't have to sit there and think about, like, well, is this plausible or is right. this not? And you don't have, like, it's so clearly not trying to be real that I think it helps you, like, disconnect from yeah. real life. It is incredibly beautiful. Yes. In, like, a pretty addictive way. Yes. I mean, they they were very good at, like, being consistent with <laughs> the tone they were going for. Yeah. <laughs> And I think there's something to, like, this is uh, not an original thought, but, like, this is made by people who know how to make good TV. This is not made by, like, the fucking Game of Thrones men. This is not made by people who come from, like, a movie world. This is... Can I just say that I want more television to shamelessly pander to heteronormative ideals of femininity? <laughs> in the yeah. sense, like this show was pandering to like a basic bitch and yes. I'm here for it. It had like girl boss feminism <laughs> and <laughs> it had like female gaze 101 style sex. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's very like <laughs> advanced. No. <laughs> No, it was very much like, we are people who have just discovered that women are a demographic. Yeah. And we read some white papers, and this is what we think that means. (laughs) It's very American Girl, if you will. Yes. And you know what? I kind of love it. I kind of think it's, like, beautiful. It is. It is quite fun. (laughs) I do think, like... I mean, are we going to get into, like, how the sex is bad? <laughs> yeah, sure, let's do that. <laughs> the sex is bad. Okay, so the only thing I like about the sex in the show is that there's just, like, a lot of it. That's going to be what I was going to say. It's not, like, Kirstie's usual perspective here. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I just really appreciate that they were, like, here is this unlikely couple who has no reason being in love with each other, who, spoiler alert, all spoilers for the rest of the episode, by the way. Yeah. Who now is married and gets to bone, and so all they want to do for all of time is bone down, and they only dislike each other when they can't bone. And even when they're mad at each other, all they want to do is bone. So really, the show's just about being (laughs) thirsty AF. It is, but, like, not in an Outlander way. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And this show was, like, pitched broadly as, like, so raunchy and so hot and steamy and whatever. And I was like, really? I know. (laughs) Really? The one thing that's super funny is that all of the clickbait articles have been like, if you like the sex in Bridgerton, here are seven shows to watch. And all of it is like Outlander. Right. Everyone is like Outlander. And the idea of somebody going from Bridgerton to Outlander and not the other way around 
is, first of all, bonkers for me. And second of all, I don't know how you would watch Bridgerton and be like, I think I would like more content than this. And then jump into Outlander without, like, a stepping stone or something. Like, I feel like you need, like, a handler to get you there. <laughs> like a sexy time handler? Something. I don't okay. know. Like, I feel like you need someone to, like, sit you down and give you the talk. Because I don't, I don't, I think, like, going from Outlander to Bridgerton as a viewer is a way more transferable experience yeah. than the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel sorry for all the people who, like, think that this is the best sex on television. They'll They'll understand. They'll come around. But, like... I mean, I think the hard part... Is that even in the year of our Lord 2021, there's still so little female-centric sex on television Yeah, that the fact that we have a show where the female protagonist, like, gets off frequently is revolutionary to people. Like, I think that's... Mm -hmm. It's not... The sex doesn't have to be good. It just has to be centered on the woman. And then everybody will be like, wow! (laughs) That's amazing! (laughs) I did appreciate that, like, they were able to achieve what they were going for without as much, like, gratuitous nudity as Outlander often, like, depends on, because it's not always necessary. Yes, I think that's fair. And I think, like, they're doing a lot in this show of what we were clamoring for in our Outlander is Wronged Us episode. Yes. By, like, suggestions of banging all the time, or, like, give us a montage. Like, we don't need... (laughs) I did appreciate the sex montage that they had in the Honeymoon episode. The one to Taylor Swift that was (laughs) incredibly funny. I thought that was amazing. Like, that was just a joyful display of just, like, tomfoolery. Mm Mm-hmm. They do choose, like, really unnecessary places to be having sex, though. Why are they always having sex outside on stone surfaces? I don't know. Why were they having sex on a ladder? I don't know. (laughs) And the stairs. The stairs I had questions about. They're, like, mad at each other, and then he just, like, goes down on her on a staircase. And I was like... I'm distracted because you're mad at each other. Yeah. But mostly I'm distracted because you've got to stare in your in your actual back. Yeah. No, How do you no, lean you. on a staircase? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. How did you feel about this, like, romance as, like, something that you could buy into? So, I, like... The really the only moment that compelled me is the plot oh, twist you. when they got me in the garden. I was not expecting to get got. Yeah. I mean, I knew at some point she probably wasn't going to marry the prince and she was probably going to marry the duke. Like, it all seemed inevitable. It wasn't that the turn of events was shocking. I just, it. I didn't expect it to all go down right there, right then. Yeah. I, like, didn't expect it to be, like, the prince proposes and then she walks outside and makes out with the duke. Yeah. And then there's dueling and it's all just a lot. Like, it all just comes crashing down, like, so quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think probably 
if they hadn't, like, sucked me in, like, that was where I had my VR helmet on and was just like, take me wherever I'm yours now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And if they hadn't done such a good job of, like, making me that vulnerable, Mm -hmm. then I I wouldn't have gotten sucked in because I don't care about romance plots and, like, love triangles are stupid and we all know how they're going to end. Yeah. But they got me. They got you. I wasn't ready for it. Kelsey wasn't ready think, for like, it. The pacing was different, at least. Like, I thought we were going to spend the whole season in a will they, won't they, and I was like, this is going to be a little dragged out. I mean, we do, though. We do, but not in the traditional sense. No, but I actually think it was worse. <laughs> I would have preferred them to, <laughs> to be courting that whole time, because the whole part where they're just, like, arguing with each other is really stupid. And, like, pulling out a lot. <laughs> So much pulling out. <laughs> and like, okay, I have so many questions about about that whole <laughs> that whole thing. Like, yeah, the I I don't I have too many questions about it. I mean, like, like did, from a sex ed perspective, or like, what are your questions from all of the above? So, like, oh boy. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I guess I understand that, like, the Duke is, like, emotionally damaged, and so that's why he does everything he does, because he's, like, so insecure and feels like he lacks so much worth. Yeah. So, like, fine. But just, like, this idea that you said something in a fit of rage to your dying father, (laughs) and so now, like, you just have to pull out for the rest of your life. It's, like, pretty insane to me. <laughs> it is insane. Like, who among us? Mm-hmm. And then, um, I know that he was counting on her, like, being kind of stupid and, and like, too, like, repressed to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But how did he think she was gonna not ever figure it out? Especially because they were boning down all the time. All the time. But she thought he was, like, unable to have children. I mean, I think she thought he didn't have, like, sperm. I don't think... Yeah. But but she didn't know... But she figured it out pretty quickly. Yes, but she hadn't had any sex ed. That's (laughs) the whole thing, is that they didn't teach the women sex ed because they were married at, like, 15, and then they had no power because they had no knowledge about what they we're getting into which i think if they if the two of them didn't enjoy having sex he probably could have gotten away with it probably i mean he made a huge mistake (laughs) he made a huge mistake (laughs) and i just don't see how he didn't think that was going to come back to bite him eventually it just seems like at some point (laughs) he should have rethought the pullout method (laughs) for like a lot of reasons yeah Many, many a reason. I do think that they glossed over that whole sexual assault subplot. Yeah. A little much. Yeah. Like, that it's was just a cute. little messy. It's super messy. Like, that's not cool, guys. <laughs> that's not cool. In case, in case anyone out there has questions about how consent works. Yeah. That's not cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not cool. No. 
I also heard, I don't know what podcast I was listening to, probably the same one, whatever it was, about like the optics of that moment being particularly not great in this like semi-colorblind, but actually not colorblind casting situation. Yes. <laughs> yep. They were like, maybe not. Maybe, maybe think about that. I do have some questions. I'd like to read more interviews about the choices that they made about race relations in the show. Yeah. Because I feel like they were simultaneously trying to, like, do racial tension and also doing, like, the racial equivalent of no homophobia in Schitt's Creek. They were. You know, like, I feel like they're trying to walk the line. Yeah, they did, like, half measures of both, which actually just turns out to be really complicated. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know how to feel about that. And so I kind of want the showrunners to tell me more about that. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like it, there's a logic to it. I just don't know that I got there. I suspect it's like table setting, if anything. Okay. For future seasons, because there's a lot more they'll be doing, I'm sure. Yeah. But I don't know. It almost feels like network notes or something gotcha because it, it read to me like standatin at first which was mm -hmm. like also i don't know what kind of did it in the whole thing i guess because it was like colorblind casting in quotes yeah but also there was a black character who it was important that she was black because of plot sure and it's like, well, it gets complicated when you have both and no, like, frame of reference culturally for what you're supposed to be yeah. interpreting. Like, oh, what that's they the want hard part, to, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't think we've gotten to a point yet where you can truly do all of one or the other well, they without were also pissing somebody off. Well, they were also trying to do, off. like, a rewritten history, which is... A choice because there's like questions about the lineage of that queen who was a real queen mm -hmm. and whether or not she was black. Gotcha. So it was like a alternative history. Is that plus... the same queen from that moment in the Lifetime movie? Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> when, the, when the brown dress uh -huh. queen lives. <laughs> uh huh. Is like, I accept you, Meghan Markle, because this one uh -huh. queen yep. who had a personality was maybe black. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> real crossover. Everything I've ever needed to know about British history, I learned from Lifetime original movies about <laughs> Meghan Markle. <laughs> yeah. I did love the uh, queen, though. Yeah. She's, She's great. great. She's great. Great, great, great. And her towering hair. I don't know that she really has a function. But I'm no, okay with it. No, she's just a petty, petty bitch who lives for drama. We always love those. They don't need more of a function than that. <laughs> That's fair. Also, the feather featheringtons. The feather bottoms, as I <laughs> decided in my brain. Yeah. That mom is a petty bitch who lives for drama. Oh, I love her. I respect I the hell out her. of her. I also love her shiny dress that she wears all the time. Oh, I love how everyone is always shitting on how tacky their clothes are, and I was I like, slay, queen! Like <laughs> Although, like, notably her daughter's dresses are tacky, but hers yeah. are never tacky. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. I do hope 
like she seems like she's set up for greatness in terms of character development. So I I'm so. not mad to see where she goes. Like she's messy mm-hmm. and she's fucking dirty and she's strong as hell. And I think she's going to be okay, but it's going to be a hot mess to get there. Yeah. yeah. And like, um, what's her name? From shit, from Shit's Creek, from Dairy Girls. I don't know her character's name now off the top of my head. The younger daughter? Yeah, she's great. Penelope. Penelope, thank you. Yes. <laughs> she is great. I was not mad about that plot twist. No. It, I mean, it wasn't I was a plot like, twist, kind but. Of glad that we like open and shut that book in one season, too, because I didn't want to so, play this. Game. Although we probably still will. Yeah, so this was going to be my question as somebody who never watched Gossip Girl. Mm. Um, Why do you assume that I watched Gossip Girl? <laughs> you, I mean, you watched Gossip Girl. So. Not all of it, though. Not all of it. You I watched did enough show of it. it. I sure divorced it. Okay. But you know that they eventually revealed that the Gossip Girl writer was a dude, right? Yeah. Yes. He, okay. And they they revealed that in, like, the last season, but was it at the end end, or was it, like, in the middle of the season? That I don't know. Okay. I kind of want to say it was the end end, though, probably. Like, last then. episode? Um. So, but even just with the context of what Gossip Girl was and whatever, do you see wisdom in them revealing it in the first season? Like... My initial reaction was like, are you just doing this in case you don't get a second season? I kind of feel like there wasn't concern about them getting a second season, just knowing. Netflix. I mean, they bought something that has a huge following in a literary world and also is with Shonda. Yeah, fair. (laughs) It was set up for success, so I don't think like that was their biggest concern, but I think... By revealing it now, you don't get stuck in the, like, how I met your mother land of, like, oh my God, ten yeah. seasons of being like, well, kids, this wasn't your mother, but wait till you see who it was. Like, <laughs> people get annoyed with that, and it, like, puts you into a corner. So, I think by revealing it, it was a nice, like, bookend for one season, and then we have time to make of that what we will, whether it's, like, more people finding out or... Not How many books or are there. I think like eight. I think there's oh, one damn. for every sibling in Daphne's family. Oh. So like I don't I have questions about like watching three seasons of all these men too. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in any of the brothers. <laughs> I we got more than we need of any of the brothers. Yeah. They're all terrible. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind the oldest one. I hate I him the most. Oh. I think Colin is, like, the most manageable. Yeah. The art one is just, like, an afterthought. Yeah, the art one can just go away. When they were (laughs) like, he is officially going to Greece, I was like, cool. Cool, That's the art one, right? No, that's the other one. That's the Uh, other one. (laughs) That's the one you said you liked the best. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I tried. Mm. Okay, I can keep them, I can tell them apart in the occasional scene. Yeah. It, it is challenging. But I don't I think like that the, the oldest one. one is, like, messy enough that it could be fun, because he has a lot of drama. See, I just think his bullshit is petty and stupid. I think it is. But not, like, in an interesting way. It's just like, uh, you're like, 
the oldest son of a rich family and people have expectations of you. So it must be so hard. I heard on a podcast of someone who had read another book or two that there is a man, I'm assuming in this family, who the father had died from a bee sting. Okay. And he, at a certain age, and so he thought he was also going to die of a bee sting at a certain age, and he was going to leave his family as sad as his family was, so that's why he decided to not get married, and I feel like that's the oldest one, and if that's the bonkers place we're going to go to, <laughs> it may be interesting. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to, like... I mean, if that's the case, they're totally going to change his trauma so that it's, like, something different, right? I don't know. I think that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that's crazy. I also feel like... I understand for, like, narrative resolution purposes why they, like, went ahead and revealed that Daphne and co. had a kid. Yeah. But I also feel like they shoehorned that shit in there. Well, that's why I almost think they're doing... Oh, they're gonna do the bee thing. Uh... (laughs) I just had a flashback. Oh, boy. Because there's that ending shot with the bee. Mmm... You know? Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was like, I mean, obviously they're trying to do symbolism with this bee, but like, right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah. you were about to say something. Oh, about I, the baby. I kind of get the sense, and I don't know because they haven't read any of the books or anything, I kind of get the sense that they're going to be a little bit more like novella-like for every season. So they stuck the baby in there because we're, like, saying goodbye to Daphne, kind of. I think so. Which, like, that's fine because I told you we were going to get into this last yeah, week. Yeah, okay, don't tell like me Daphne. now. I tell just me about find this. Her, this is complicated because I don't, we don't like to say this, but I find her unlikable. <laughs> is it just, like, she's, like, snotty or, like? I just don't feel like I had a reason to root for her. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is the character, and part of that is the actress. Okay. I don't feel like she brought anything to the table. She felt like a Hallmark actress. See, And, like, I... no shade to Meghan Markle here. She's not <laughs> involved in this conversation about Hallmark actresses. <laughs> not all Hallmark actresses. Yeah. I thought... She was fine. Like, I thought she was, like, essentially the Hermione of her time period. She's just like any other cookie-cutter little girl who has to be, like, perfect for her family and do everything right. And it's minorly frustrating, but then she gets what she wants out of it, and everything is fine. I mean, I understand, like, that's her character. Yeah. But, like... I don't know. I just didn't feel like this actress was doing the work. Like, (laughs) it just felt, like, very vanilla. Like, you can... But she's supposed to be. I know, but then, like, why are we watching a show about her? That's boring. (laughs) I feel like at least when she has this, like, awakening and redemptive arc, like, later in the season, like, do something with that. Like, give her some... something that isn't just, like, I'm gonna sexually assault my husband. (laughs) And, like, kind of be boring about it. Like, all of it is just (laughs) meh. 
Meh. Meh. I don't I know. Feel I like... feel. I just feel like I've seen this character done better. Yeah. I thought and she I... was better than. I'm gonna say it, and you're not gonna like it, but I thought she was better than Kira Knightley. No, that's fine. I'm not offended by that. Okay. She did I don't, like, like hold 18... Kira Knightley on a pedestal. Well, but like, I feel like everybody holds Kira Knightley in that movie, in that Pride and Prejudice, as like the ultimate lady woman of the time. But. Daphne is not an Elizabeth Bennet. She's like a Jane. Sure. The older sister. Who's okay. Of like goody goody. Sure. Because Eloise is the Elizabeth Bennet. Gotcha. Comparison, I would say. Gotcha. But like, I don't know. You could put Daphne as an Emma, kind of. And she's really fun. It has a lot going on. I mean, maybe not, but I don't know. I just, I wanted her to have more and I wanted her to like be more interesting. I think they just like didn't let her be feisty until she started having sex. And that's why she seems boring. But she wasn't even that feisty. That's my issue is like, I felt like she was trying to, I don't know. I thought that I could see her acting too much. No. Fair enough. You know what I mean? And just like, I don't know. I got big um, Princess for Christmas chick vibes Yeah, okay. When you put it that way. Like. There is this thing that skinny actresses do where they act with their necks. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and she is really good at that. You know what I mean? They're always yeah, making their neck tendons, like, bulge in, like, emotional ways. Mm. <laughs> she does that really well. It's also good with those uptos and yeah, low neck exactly. dresses. You gotta yeah. know how to use your neck when you're wearing a corset. Mm-hmm. I do, I haven't registered this complaint. I think okay. I told you it at one point, though, that, the re- speaking of the Regency dresses. <laughs> oh my god, yes. They always look like maternity wear, and every yes. time I watch one of these types of shows, I'm always like... Is this supposed to be, like, a hint, or is it just, like, the dress? <laughs> yeah, it's impossible to know. It's impossible! With all of them. Yeah. They're, they have that whole bit with Marina and whether or not it she's showing at any given time. Yep. And I was like, but how would anybody know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> she say. would have to be, like... <laughs> the baby would have had to have dropped for anybody yep. to know. Yep. God. Yeah. Um. Who else haven't we discussed? We haven't really talked about our hot and tall friend of the show. Oh, Mr. Hot and Tall. Mr. Hot and Tall, clocking in at five eleven, mm. which makes him officially hot. Now he was way more compelling than she was. Yes, despite his like. Real fucking weird childhood trauma plot. (laughs) So here's my only thing, and I think this was done on purpose, but this whole character, like, it's so I, there was a tweet once that was something along the lines of how, (laughs) I don't know if I could find it again to say it verbatim, but it was something along the lines of how some people, like, can't be in period pieces because they just look like they've seen an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did get that and vibe. I, I don't get that vibe from the 
actor, totally. A little bit from the actor, but mostly I got it from the characterization of, like, the character as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like, his whole deal, like, his wardrobe, the way he, like, carries himself, the way they have him speak, like, a little bit of, like, the way the actor, like, smiles, like, the whole bit. Just, it makes it feel like he's a time traveler from a Calvin Klein ad who popped into, like, (laughs) the Regency era and was like, I'm a duke. Well, it's like the side effect of modernizing Regency (laughs) narratives that, like, yeah, it gets a little gray area, but... I, yeah, I hear that. I think he's they, like, just hot though, so I, you can like give him a pass. <laughs> and that could be part of it too, is that he's just like so hot that I can't, I can't stay in the moment because he's hot. And I think going back to your point from last week about them not being like smelly and dirty looking, yes. I think that's like especially true of the men. Yes, they do. Except the brothers. The brothers almost look like they would smell. Yeah, I guess. Almost. Not quite. I just think, like, there's a tradition in Regency (laughs) um, film making and television making that, like, all the Regency men have to wear their muddy coats and, like, go out in the rain with a top hat. And, like, I don't think the Duke does enough of that. No, he doesn't. Except for sex, but that's, like, not the same visual. No, I mean, your shirt's not going to get dirty. No. Like, like you're not he should have gotten have a... into the lake like your dad. Yes. Colin. <laughs> have my dad hang out with a paper mache of himself <laughs> in a large muddy river somewhere. I did have a moment as I referenced that when I realized you didn't have the actual reference. You just had the paper mache reference. Yeah, all I know, I know that at some point my dad, Colin Firth, did something Pride and Prejudice adjacent and as a result, stood in a lake next to a 20-foot paper mache of himself. Adjacent. He was know. Mr. Darcy. <laughs> Which is so much grosser when you say it that way. <laughs> Can you imagine? Anyway, we're not here to talk wow. about my dad, okay. Colin Firth. No. So- We're not. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the bottom line here is that the Duke was too shiny. Too shiny, but super hot. He was, like, so pristine and glistening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, like, very beautiful. You know who else I loved hmm. is his aunt or whatever she was. Yeah. I can't remember her name right now. I can't either, but she's great. But you're right. She is the best. Also a messy bitch who lives for drama, but in totally. a different way. But, like, in the right way. Yeah. Like, she's going to use her powers for good instead of evil. Yeah. She's great. She's really just, like, a meddler. Like, she doesn't have a lot of skin in the game, and that, no, that is really fun for me. <laughs> My favorite part is when she kicks everybody out of the party after it starts raining, because mm-hmm. it's like, she has mm-hmm. no reason to know that they're about to, like, have a moment in the fucking rain. Yeah, but she's just there, knowing, yep. knowing. <laughs> she just knows. Knowing. I love all their parties. Like every episode, almost had a party or yes. a ball or something, and they were all so good, and they were all distinctive enough. Like you didn't feel like you were in the same set every single time. And they did a better job of the dancing and talking bit 
than most other things do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that modern orchestral <laughs> score really helped. I saw something today that was, I think, an interview with the composer. I didn't read it. I just saw the tweet. Um, that was The headline was something like, why audiences love classical pop or something. <laughs> it's because everyone's basic bitches. Yeah, it's because we're all fucking basic. Just serve mm-hmm. it to us. Who cares? Mm-hmm. I do feel like, like, I'm very happy that this is so popular because I think it's continuing to pave the way for Netflix to do more things like this in the same way that all their rom-coms that have done really well have paved the way for more rom-coms that are kind of like middlers, but that's okay. Cause it's something. <laughs> I, there's not enough credit in the age of peak TV given to middling content. Mm-mm. I know we all have more content than we can deal with, but like, Sometimes you just want some bullshit to be on. Yeah. This does, like, operate in that wavelength. Like, I don't think this is going to go out and win a million awards. No. And I don't think I would, like, go out of my way to rewatch Bridgerton. Like, I'm not going to, like, sit down and do a rewatch. But, like, if it came up on a Netflix shuffle, like, I might put it on. Yeah. You know? Like, I would watch it again. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't need to be a one and done. Um, but it's not also, like, an outlander. Like, I don't know that I'm ever going to seek it. Right. But I'd be happy to have its company. Yeah. That's really all we need sometimes. That's all you need sometimes. (laughs) Like, sometimes you just want some TV to, like, sit quietly next to you. Mm Mm-hmm. And be, like, very visually stimulating. (laughs) It's so visually stimulating. Yeah. I think that's really why it beguiled me so effectively. Mm-hmm. Everything yes. was just slightly pink and yellow and blue and shiny. Mm-hmm. It was basically your, like, aesthetic. Yeah, so it was like, <laughs> let's fire all of your neurons at one time so you can't mm-hmm. process information. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. We liked it. <laughs> Go watch it. Was it was good. It was funny. One of my friends texted me when I was just starting it and when, like, Bridgerton Twitter was popping off and was like, so is it, like, bad that I think it was only okay? <laughs> and when I finished it, I went back to her and I was like, okay, so <clears throat> counterpoint, it's good escapism. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. It's lovely escapism. It's yeah. great escapism. And I think that's just, like, where I land on it. It's yeah. good television. It's, like, well-written. It's well-directed. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to change your life, and that's fine. And that's fine. Like, we're still in lockdown mode over yep. here, some of us. Oh, we didn't do a core core, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. Core core. <laughs> what are we even doing? I don't, I don't have a good core core, because I've just been doom-scrolling. So, but yeah. anyway, that's that's where we're at, so... <laughs> Yeah, like, if you want to fill some core-core time, Bridgerton is not a bad use of your hours in front of the television. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, if we're wrong about anything about Bridgerton, or correct, 
You can tell us either way. <laughs> yeah. It's a show I'd be interested to debate with somebody who has stronger feelings about it than I do. Like, I know a lot of people on Twitter feel very strongly about the actress who played Daphne. Do they? Oh, yeah. There's a, there's quite a fan club for her. Interesting. And... It, so I'm I, making no friends. No, we're <laughs> making no friends over here. Reviews. <laughs> I know that there are a lot of people who have strong feelings about the romance between the two of them. There are a lot of people who have strong feelings about the sex. So I think we are open to hearing about what we missed because I would, I'm curious yeah. about the debate yeah. about the show. We would like to engage in the discourse. <laughs> discourse baby yeah um if you would like to contact us to engage with us about the discourse you can find us on twitter at hate watch with us or you can email us at hate watch with us at gmail.com or you can click the contact button on our website hate watch with us.com or you can leave us a five star review with the heights of any man in bridgerton or any man who should be in bridgerton Ooh, i like that Mm. Um, we're also members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, which is a network of shows which will not ask you to leave reviews with the heights of various men, but there are men in the shows that their podcasts cover, so feel free to educate them about the heights of their men over at thoughtbubbleaudio.com, thoughtbubbleaudio at gmail.com, or on Twitter, thoughtbubblefm. Yeah, I did it in the yeah. wrong order. No, I usually I mean, do Twitter first. You're fine. <laughs> Turn me I, off. Um, and they're also on Patreon. Yes. Yeah. I did have a lingering thought. Ooh. <laughs> As I was thinking of who should be in Bridgerton. Yes. I'm curious to see how our good friend Sam Hewen's movie that is similar to this is in comparison. What movie was he in that was similar to this? It's not made yet, I don't think, but it is a diverse casting situation with a Regency I didn't novel. know he was going to be in a Regency yeah, thing. Yeah, I had a whole moment. It was, yeah. Did I've I miss the, it? I've read the book, and it's what very book? similar. I'm uh, Googling Mr. Malcolm's now. List. It's extremely similar. Anyway, I'm just curious how that'll go. He's not the leading person. It's not on his IMDb filmography it, yet it definitely got announced like a while ago but i think just quarantine times have probably yeah. involved gotten involved there is more recent than outlander is his role as paul newman in yeah, we're Olivia, which I'm, I'm still not over that um sas red notice no is that anything he plays tom buckingham text for you and men in kilts yeah. I mean, oh my is... God! Look at this hair. Oh no! It's so spiky. What? It's like two thousand one was in a war film. Oh, you're you're going down a path. <laughs> anyway, this was announced in June. Oh, okay. That this is happening at some point. Sure. So we will see. Um. I think he would be too powerful. He's he's this. like playing a friend, not okay. the main man. Okay, fair which enough. Which will be fascinating. And I think I know who, but I don't think it was actually decided yet. Gotcha. In public. 
Gotcha. Anyway, it's very it like operates in the same world, and I think it's has potential to be very similar. So I'm curious how that'll go. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll know. Maybe someday we'll know. All right. Well, until then. Until then, stay tuned for the episode we're going to record after this with all this energy. Yeah, so much energy. (laughs) Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.